Hey, I wanted to be able to do an episode about what it's like for me to be secular, openly secular, what it's like for me to be openly secular. And I really want to do this episode, so when I talk about religion in the future, I'm much more at peace. So let me get this out. I want to start with the Richard Dawkins, Five Reasons to Be Openly Secular. This is richarddawkins.net. And before I begin, I know that there has been comments attributed to him about uh, the transgender community. And I want to say that it's okay for secular people to disagree with each other on a topic and more than one topic because just because people are secular it doesn't mean that we agree on everything for example you have sd cup who is an atheist but she's conservative um you have atheists who are liberal you have atheists who are moderate you have agnostics and deists who are conservative liberal or moderate, right? You do have progressive atheists, agnostics, and deists too. Um, so we're, we're just like religious people, we have our political leanings, our political um, flavors that we're all sprinkled in. So secular people are not a monolith and religious people are not a monolith, right? So faith-based and the non-religious, spiritual and non-spiritual, no one, no group of people, no human group are a monolith. We're all our unique selves. We have our own flavorfulness if you want to go along with that, if you catch my drift on that. So, and so I want to say when it comes to Richard Dawkins and his comments of transgender community, I strongly disagree with them. Respect. I strongly disagree with him respectfully when it comes to him not being in favor of transgenderism. Um, I am fully supportive of transgenderism. I am fully supportive of the transgender community. I am in full support of transgender rights. I'm in full support of transgender bathrooms. I am. So let me now go on and say that I'm using his website because everything else he said has been quite beneficial and helpful to me and many other people. RichardDawkins.net, five reasons to be openly secular by Robin Blummer. There are plenty of days when people who don't believe in God don't think twice about their secularism. We non-believers can pretty much stay under the radar. But then there are those times when non-believers feel like we must be the last acceptable target of untethered hostility, social animus, and just plain meanness. M-E-A-N-N-E-S-S. All right? Like when Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame recently ranted that atheists hold no moral compass because God is not dictating right and wrong. Therefore... It must be okay for their wives, W-I-V-E-S, to be decapitated and their daughters raped 
and murdered. Obviously, some basic enlightenment is needed. Understatement alert. Parentheses, exclamation point. On what atheism is. And the only way to effectuate that change is for us to make it happen. Which is why on April 23rd, we celebrate Openly Secular Day. A day for atheists, agnostics, humanists, free thinkers, and the non-religious to proudly proclaim their community. Here are the five reasons non-believers should be openly secular. One, Bill Robertson et al. He may be a particularly dim bulb, but to varying degrees, his views are widely accepted. Americans seem stuck on the idea that morality comes from religion. It is a misconception that flies in the face of available evidence. Studies demonstrate that humans are hardwired for empathy. From a very young age, toddlers will try to help strangers even if it redounds no benefit to themselves. And brain scans show we literally feel each other's pain. As much as any religious texts, our morality derives from this remarkable evolutionary feature that binds us together and allows us to care for one another as social beings. When good, hardworking non-believers come forward to friends, neighbors, co-workers, and loved ones, they are living examples of being good without God. It is axiomatic that giving Americans a sense of how prevalent atheism is and how many non-believers they actually know, trust, and like will erode negative stereotypes. Two, living your authentic self is liberating. Just ask celebrities like Saturday Night Live alum Julia Sweeney and Boy Next Door television host, actor and singer John Davidson, both of whom have made openly secular videos coming forward to say they are happy and proud atheists. Hiding one's true views on religion can be stressful. You may be asked to join in prayers at public, family, and work events, or even asked to lead them. In dozens of openly secular videos, people from all walks of life, of all ages, races, and ethnicities say what a joy it has been to be open about their secularism. When that quote-unquote secret is unleashed, it often loses its intimidating power. Being able to speak truthfully of one's understanding of reality and the natural world is a central aspect of self-identity. Three, it creates a safe space for others to be separate. It's always to be the first to explore any cultural terrain. In many parts of the country, it is dangerous to be an atheist. Physical attacks are rare, though they do happen, but there can be alarming consequences to being openly secular, including the loss of family, friends, employment, business opportunities. I want to add that in some countries, physical attacks for being an atheist, for being not a believer, when it comes to the religion that is emphasized in those particular countries, physical attacks can be quite common. Uh, people who know they are unlikely to face a backlash may be more likely to shrug about being public about their non-belief. But it's important to come forward to expand the safe space for others. Openly secular people give license to others who are more reticent or have more to fear. Coming forward as secular is an act of generosity toward fellow non-believers. Just as the first courageous LGBTQIA+, I always say plus because that covers everybody, and to make sure I covered everybody, just as the first courageous members of gender and sexual diversity who came out 
help blaze the path, the path for others. Going public is perhaps the only way to change the culture for us all. Again, just so nobody misunderstood what I was saying. Coming forward as secular is an act of generosity toward fellow non-believers, just as the first courageous members of the gender and sexual diversity who came out helped blaze the path for others. Going public is perhaps the only way to change the culture for us all. Now, when I say gender and sexual diversity, all gender identities, all sexual orientations, and all sex characteristics. Number four, political power and public policy are skewed. Atheists and agnostics make up upwards of 7% of the U.S. population, a higher percentage than Jews and Muslims combined. People who say they have no religious affiliation, of which non-believers are a subset, are the largest growing cohort in the country, accounting for 20% of, of the overall adult population and fully one-third of adults under 30. Yet secular people have no political power. There's not one member of Congress willing to call themselves atheist, or agnostic, or free thinker, or humorous, or non-religious. Labels considered the third rail of politics, the third rails of politics. That means openly secular people are foreclosed from public policy decision-making, ceding more power to the religious right than it deserves. The very people who rely on science and evidence-based thinking are cut out of politics and governance. No wonder our policymakers are so often in the thrall of religious dogma when deciding issues such as sex education, birth control, and abortion rights, stem cell research, same-sex marriage, and climate change. Okay, I want to quickly state where I am so people understand. I am for comprehensive sex education that is also inclusive of gender and sexual diversity. I am for birth control. I am for abortion rights. I am for LGBTQIA plus marriage and all LGBTQI plus relationships and LGBTQI plus culture. And I have the progressive liberal view on climate change. I'm a Green New Dealer. Yes, I am. And as for stem cell research, I am for it. I think any kind of research that can improve the quality of life for people, I'm for it. All right, I don't mind stating my views again and again unless I absolutely have to, and I'm okay with that. And number five, it's cool to be secular, or at least an evangelical Christian research and polling firm says so. The Farner Group, a major marketing firm specializing in public attitude toward religion, says in its 2015 State of Atheism America report, atheism has shifted in the past 50 years from cultural anathema to something the cooler kids are doing. Well, there you have it, the best argument of all. You want to be cutting edge cool, be openly secular. But of course they're not demeaning people of faith when they say being cool and everything. I just want them to be understood. They're just uh, talking about how um, in our world, we're so divided that we won't even vote for a good person just because they don't think the way we do when it comes to religion or live the way we do when it comes to religion. For example, would I vote for a secular person? Yes, I would vote for an atheist. Yes, I would vote for an atheist. 
Yes, I would vote for an agnostic. Yes, I would vote for a humanist. Yes, I would vote for a non-religious person. Yes, I would vote for a free thinker. Yes, I would vote for an LGBTQI plus person. Absolutely. Yes, I would vote for a member of gender and sexual diversity. Yes, I would vote for a per. Uh, yes, I would vote for people of all gender identities. Yes, I would vote for people of all sexual orientations. And yes, I would vote for people of all sex characteristics. Absolutely. I have no problem stating that publicly because I don't need you to share my perspectives on spirituality for me to know that you're a decent person. As long as you've been proven to be a decent person, you care about everyday commoners, also known as common people. And if you have shown to care for the marginalized, those who are forced to endure marginalization, and if you have shown to care for any group of people that global society has flipped the birdie at, I will vote for you. You don't have to go to church for me to vote for you. You don't have to go to a synagogue for me to vote for you. You don't have to go to a temple for me to vote for you. You don't have to go to a mosque for me to vote for you. You don't have to go to any house of worship for me to vote for you. As long as you have compassionate love in your heart, sacrificial love in your heart, unconditional love in your heart, and the love of people in your heart, then I will vote for you. I vote for you because you have a pure heart and you don't have to be faith-based to have a pure heart. Pure hearts are in all decent people. All decent people, whether you're faith-based or secular, that means you're pure-hearted because you're a decent person. You have pure-hearted secular people. You have pure-hearted faith-based people. I vote for anybody with a pure heart. How I define a pure heart? What I said before. Pure heart means compassionate love, unconditional love, sacrificial love, empathetic love, the love of people. I vote for humanitarians. I vote for philanthropists. I vote for those who are charitable. And you can be any of those things and be secular. Not all those types of people are faithless. So... I want to mention my views. I want to say this so I can move forward and not have to feel like I got to keep doing this. I am openly secular. What does it mean for me to be openly secular? I would consider myself to be a humanist. I am a free thinker. I am non-religious. Um, I'm a rationalist. I'm into logic. I'm into reason. I'm into evidence. I'm into scientific methods. I'm into experimentations. I'm into testings. I am into facts. I'm into truth. I'm into wisdom. I'm into knowledge. I'm into clarity. I'm into discernment. 
I'm into intellect, and I'm into intelligence. Um, and I'm not saying that only secular people have those things, because I don't want to do the us versus them thing. What I'm saying is, that's what it means for me to be secular. I'm only speaking for myself. I can't speak for all secular people. Um, and in my secularism, I want to say that I must admit their time, because my secularism fluctuates, okay? Because I've been through so much in my life, and you can be secular and not be traumatized. Not all secular people have been traumatized. That's like not all faith-based people have been traumatized either. Um, Because I don't like the whole attributing trauma or any kind of trauma to why somebody is secular. That's the same thing they use for people who are gay or trans. And which I think is... I just gotta keep it. I think that's fucked up. And I think that's bullshit. And... That's a... That's a damn shame to me. I just gotta keep it real. Um... So in my secularism, there are times where I personally experience agnostic atheism. There are times where I experience agnosticism. There are times where I'm so frustrated with not knowing or not understanding the supernatural that I may feel anti-religion. That doesn't make me a bigot, though. I'm not talking about bigotry. I'm just like, man, I just don't want to deal with religion because I'm frustrated that I don't know the supernatural. That's what I mean by anti-religion, not the violent, discriminatory, hateful kind. I'm talking about, I'm just frustrated that I don't understand the other world, that's all. And there are times where I may experience atheism because I'm like, I don't feel helped by any god or god, so yeah, I experience that. There are times where I experience atheism, like, man, god, I don't believe you, I don't want to believe you because I'm frustrated, and I don't understand you, you know what I mean? And there are times where I do experience deism, I do think that, hey, um, god or gods doesn't always intervene, yeah, you there, but you don't do anything. Sometimes I experience that, sometimes I experience deism, that's true. Sometimes I'm, you know, other times I'm like, man, I'm a free thinker. I don't want authority, tradition, revelation, or dogma. I want logic, reason, empiricism. Just give me something I can understand because anything else is above my comprehension. So I'm a free thinker. And sometimes I experience naturalism, man, because, you know, sometimes I'm frustrated that I don't understand supernaturalism. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm a naturalist. Other times I'm a secular humanist. Like, man, you know, I... I love people, I just don't want to do the religious way because, you know, this whole religion thing, I frustrate, I don't understand it. Sometimes I'm spiritual, but not religious, you know, yeah, you know, maybe a god, God live godly, you know, but I just don't want to be religious or dogmatic about it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not sounding like a street person, but I'm just bringing to you that vernacular so you can really feel me. See, I did it again. Uh, theological non-cognitivism. Uh, sometimes I don't want to use religious language or speak like a person who is deeply uh, pious. 
and sometimes I experience, you know, agnosticism. Uh, I just don't, I don't want to use Christianese all. So, and I'm not saying that all faith-based people use Christianese. That's not true. Um, I love to quite, I love to be as clear and of clarity as possible. So yeah, sometimes I experience agnostic atheism, agnosticism, anti-religion, atheism, atheism, deism, free thought, naturalism, sacrohumanism, secularism, spiritual, spiritual but religious and theological, non-cognitivism, and ig, ig, agnosticism. Yes, because I'm struggling with supernaturality. I'm struggling with all of the supernaturalism that is supposed to be have said to be true in all the holy books. It has nothing to do with violence, it has nothing to do with discrimination, it has nothing to do with bigotry, it has nothing to do with hatred. You gotta understand, I'm black in this world, I'm labeled autistic in this world, and I've been child abused, so don't judge me. There are times where I, I feel like I'm a theist. There are times where I'm really understanding supernaturalism. I'm really loving supernaturalism. And there are times where I'm like, hell yeah, there's a God. And, you know, there are times where, you know, believers talk to me about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down with your Jesus. I follow him. Yeah, that's my homie. Sometimes I feel like I'm a theist. I'm just keeping it real. So, you know, when it comes to religion, I just got to get this out, man. I'm just talking about my secularism, and and this will be it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. This is it. This is done, okay? So anytime, I, other time I talk about religion, just remember this episode so we can move on with our lives, all right? And um, I'll say this now pretty much be done um you know in my walk with you know when it comes to religion i have mahatma gandhi spiritual humanism i think that may be the best way to describe my views on religion spiritual humanism like for example for me um i'm the kind of person that there are times where I practice all the religions in my own way like I take all of the good of each religion and create my own spirituality. For example, I created my own gospel called the Gospel of Belonging. It's better than the Gospel of Inclusion. That's Carlton Pearson. And I'm not too, and I'm not trying to one-up him. I love Carlton Pearson. I, I appreciate his Gospel of Inclusion. But what I want to say is the Gospel of Belonging means all positive people, regardless of where you stand when it comes to religion, whether you're a practitioner of a religion or not. All positive people in one area and other areas, all positive people in each area, regardless of where we stand, we're united in being loving and being kind and being decent. That's the gospel law. You don't have to agree with each other on sensitive matters to be able to know that we or to to be good, right? You don't have to agree on all the sensitive matters to be good, okay? Um, the gospel belonging is real simple. We're all positive people. We agree to disagree on some things, but we agree that we should be compassionate, sacrificial, of empathy, and of unconditional love. You know what I mean? 
and that's it. That's it. So, I want to say in closing, that's how I feel. That's where I stand. Um, I want to make sure I'm using all the words so I don't feel like I have to go to sleep and wake up and do this again. Because this is the last line of curtain call, okay? I am a nonconformist. I'm an individualist. I'm independent. I'm a maverick. I'm a dissenter. I'm a healthy dissenter. I am a healthy heretic. Um, I'm a doubter. I'm a doubting Thomas. I'm a I am a skeptic. I'm considered pagan, heathen. Um, some people may say I'm an apostate. I am a um, and I'm a humanist. I'm a when it comes to religion, I'm a non-believer. When it comes to religion, I'm an unbeliever. When it comes to religion, I'm a disbeliever. Um, I'm in the middle between agnostic theism, agnostic and theism. So sometimes I feel like I'm a non-theist. Other times I feel like I'm a theist. Other times I feel like I'm agnostic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just feeling light today. Sometimes I feel like I am a non-Lifidian. I'm definitely an infidel. Uh, Try not to do um, too much. I'm sorry. I I, I won't do that again. So... I'm a libertine in the sense that I'm a person who rejects accepting opinions and matters of religion and free thinker. That's the kind of libertine. So these are my feelings, my views, because I don't want to be uh, misunderstood. But I do have a caring heart. I, I really want that to be. I have a camera. I really do. And I don't want people to think that I'm out to hurt anybody's feelings because that's not the kind of heart that I have. I'm trying to find the best way to end this episode. best thing I can say best thing I can say is that I hope in God
Meaning, I hope there's a loving God who can speak down. I love the concept of a loving God, but at the same time, I have problems and issues with the biblical God. I don't think that the actual loving supreme being is the same supreme being of the Bible because 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 the whole torturing non-Christians in hell for me for all eternity to me that's repugnant, abhorrent revolting, repulsive, repellent Disgusting, offensive, objectionable, cringeworthy, vile, foul, nasty, loathsome, sickening, nauseating, hateful, detestable, execrable, abominable, monstrous, appalling, insufferable, intolerable, unacceptable, contemptible, unsavory, and unpalatable. I think that the Bible does teach multiple plans of salvation. I think that the Bible shows a progression of belief in polytheism to monotheism. I don't understand why God is, the Bible, God is a abhorrent violent deity. I do hope that there, I hope, do hope that if there's a supreme being in the universe, I hope that the supreme being of the universe is much more caring and and much more into being concerned for people than the Bible God. I think if somebody asked me, do you think there's a God? I would say, I hope so. I just don't think it's the Bible God. That doesn't mean that there isn't ever a God. And I would say it that way so people who are who are um, Bible believers who understand I want there to be a loving God and I'm open to that loving God. I just don't think it's the God of the Bible. Now tell them that doesn't mean I don't think that there's any God. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, I think there is, you know, supreme being. It's just better than one I'm reading in scripture. And I mean that personally. I think science best explains the natural world. I no longer think humans are sinners because when I think of a sinner, I think of rapists, I think of murderers, I think of people who do heavy crimes. I think of people who are traumatizers. To me, sinners are traumatizers. Most people aren't those things. So most people aren't traumatizers. So I no longer think humans are sinners. I think humanism provides a moral and ethical basis for life. I am open to the existence of the Christian God. At the same time, if there is a Bible God, Christian God, I want that God to be much better, much better than the one I read about in scripture, personally. Um, A lot of the history found in the Bible has been debunked by credible scholars. Heaven or hell, I mean, 
I want my grandma to still be alive, so I'm into the heaven thing. I want to meet her there. Hell. Blasphemy. It's temporal, repertorial, corrective, remedial, purgative. But for some people who are traumatized, it's just like, you want eternity in hell? And other times I'm like, I don't want that. I just want you to suffer for some time and eventually get out as a purified soul and then go to heaven. Sometimes I feel that way. Um, did Jesus resurrect from the dead? I don't know. Did I think there's historical Jesus? I think so, but... I'm not sure if that Jesus is the same as the one that read about the Bible and died. I think he was crucified because, you know, Roman history says he was crucified. I think he was crucified. Was he ever seen again? I don't know. If Jesus resurrected from the dead, I would hope so. I hope he was seen again. Did Jesus turn the water into wine? I don't know, but I think it would be cool if he did. Walked on water, I don't know, but I think it would be cool if he did. Healed the sick, raised the dead, informed me of the miracles the Bible says he did. I don't know, but it would be cool if he did those things, those miracles. Do, do I think Jesus is God? Whoever is the Messiah, whoever is the Christ figure, I'm open to them. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Was Jesus virgin born? I've never heard of any other virgin birth, so I'm not sure about that. I don't know. If that's the truth, cool. I Anything that is said to be a supernatural claim, I want scientific archaeological evidence so I can stop doubting and stop being skeptic. Is the Bible an errant text? I've seen a list of contradictions and errors, so I can't say that it's an inerrant text. Is it a God-inspired text? Some parts are divinely inspired, other parts are demonically inspired. Like, God, sorry about that noise, I'm really sorry about that. Um, That's just notification I got. It won't happen again in this episode. Um, I think the parable of the Good Samaritan is divinely inspired. But I think the whole, um, trying to work on my feeling words, but the demonically inspired parts would be just having Satan torture Job. I think that's demonic. And some people say if it's inerrant, then why read it? Because there's some parts of the Bible that are useful. So you can have truths in the Bible, and you, you don't need all of it to be true to focus on the parts of the Bible that are useful, like the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's useful. We need that. We need the lessons in that parable to help us to be decent to ourselves and other people. So there are part there are parts of the Bible that have wisdom and there are parts of the Bible that 
came in beings and said they bigotry into, such as women of the weaker sex and weaker vessel, right? So some parts are God-inspired and some parts are not God-inspired. Some parts are perfect in terms of the lessons you get, like the parable of the lost son or the parable of the lost coin. To me, those are perfect stories in the Bible because it's not about being religious. It's the lessons that even secular people can absorb quickly in terms of just because I'm damaged, that doesn't mean that I am damaged goods. Just because I've been hurt, that doesn't mean that I am hurt, right? Um, my greatness is not stampeded upon just because I feel ambushed or was ambushed. You can't ambush my greatness away from so there are parts of the Bible that I think are perfect, and there are parts of the Bible I think are inerrant. There are parts of the Bible that I think are God-inspired, and there are parts of the Bible that I think are not God-inspired, human-inspired. So Jesus has divine inspiration to him, in my view. Jesus has a miraculous to himself in the sense that his story of being concerned for his mother, making sure he had John take care of his mother and arranging that while he's on the cross. I think Jesus has divine inspiration to him. So is he God? I don't know. Is he divinely inspired? Absolutely. Um, Now, you know, the statements about you are your father, the devil, and the Canaanite woman's story are very questionable to me because I'm concerned about that. But other than that, I just, that's how I feel. I, I, um, I, I want it to be understood. I just, I love people. And I'm open to theism. I'm open to Christ figure, Christ figures. I'm open to these things. I just want to see evidence archaeologically and scientifically for these things. Because those are the best ways to get me to not doubt again and not be skeptic again. Um... trying to make sure is there anything else all the other doctrines and dogmas of each and every religion I my answer is I don't know and I want evidence for these things scientific archaeological any evidence that I can see that can get me to anything else in terms that you need to say if there's anything else I need to say in all actuality Venus with kindness would be 
Man, I will move on and say these things. I am I'm gonna stop right there. And if I do think of anything else, I'll say it in the next episode, alright? Right now, I'm done. Thank you.